This week's Major Spoilers podcast is brought to you by Darren Apple, Trevor Uyit Velugalit, Lit, Lit, Marty Moore, James Humphreys, George Mummert, Ray Arvid Gregerson, Courtney Phillips, Courtney, that's a cool name, Jonathan Mickelberg, John Luckett, and Jason Fowler. Fine and faithful spoiler rights all, and this one goes out today. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue it's a four-way dance for the major spoilers heavyweight championship of the world from the mean streets of parma he is the ohio player leaping roddy lopez from somewhere behind the foresight library he's ready to school your ass get ready for professor schleicher fangs of fury are legendary and power is fearsome the mighty king cobra and zach let's get ready to podcast because this one is on the air Welcome to issue 532 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Yay. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Hello. Thank you for being a part of this free podcast experience. Future people from the Right? Podcast. People who are downloading, people who are listening. Most importantly, people who are sharing this podcast with others, because that's how we grow. You people tell telling friends. people they tell about this, friends. and then they listen, and the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. Let us get <laughs> to some news. Of dysfunction. And- Not really any news this week, except for... We have a new doctor. Yay. Yay. So it was announced on a a BBC One broadcast this past week on Saturday or Sunday afternoon, actually, Sunday night over in uh, Great Britain, that the new uh, doctor or the new actor who will replace uh, Matt Smith when he leaves at the uh, big 50th anniversary special will be, um, what's his name? Peter Capaldi. He will be doctor number 12. Yes. Well... Remember, there's that weird missing incarnation in there. He may technically be Doctor Number Thirteen. Except Matt Smith said, said he is not allowed to use the name the Doctor. We don't acknowledge True. him as the Doctor. At Who this isn't? point in time, Matt Smith, the his his selves do not recognize um, what's his face right. as they don't the Doctor. John Hurt. Here's uh, the thing: he's not a, the, the quote time, specifically. He said he is not allowed to use the name. The doctor. Right. He, he, the things he did cannot be in the name of the doctor. Right. However, the BBC's announcement was the new doctor, not the twelfth doctor. So again, it, it's just a, a, a minor little thingamabob. Either way, I'm happy that there's a new doctor. I like how I like how it, we have this podcast about you know nerdy things and pop culture. We go into one of the nerdiest possible things, which is being excited about the doctor. And Matthew mm-hmm. just like spikes the ball. He's like, <laughs> "Hang on, this isn't nerdy enough. We're gonna get into like the nomenclature of this being like Doctor Twelve Point Five. Do you want to play Lopez? Because I can play. <laughs> I, I know you can. I'm pretty sure you invented the game. That's can we nerd, play? nerd on nerd hate. Can we? That one? Can we play something I can play? I can't, uh, I can't like play charts. We'll play charts. Can we play uh, Frolf? <laughs> I will. I will say uh, while we're on the subject, Zach says of- funny <laughs> things. Yeah, he does. While you're on the subject, Rodrigo, of things that are super nerdy, uh-huh. there is a lot of talk on the internet about the fact that Peter Capaldi 
appeared in a previous Doctor Who serial. Well, not only that, but he appeared as a central character in the Torchwood series, the right. Children, Torchwood, of Earth, Children of Earth. And right. then in Fires of Pompeii, he appeared in that as well. So right. a lot of people are like, well, how are they going to you know, reconcile this? Are they just going to ignore it, or are they somehow right. going to write it into the uh, system? Well, you know, there's, there's precedent for this. There's lots of precedent for this. Colin Baker, the sixth Doctor, appeared... As a character in the fifth Doctor serial, I can't remember which one it is now, but he played Commander Maxill, who was himself a Time Lord and tried to kill the Doctor. Mm -hmm. um, when they recast Romana mm -hmm. with uh, Tom Baker's wife, Romana, actually that actress had been in the show previously, they said on screen overtly mm -hmm. Romana specifically picked the face because she liked it when they met the woman that had it. Right. Um, so, not I mean, to mention... Uh, Martha Jones dies right. at the beginning of uh, one of the Torchwood, like of of like the like the original Torchwood arc mm -hmm. of Doctor Who, and then you know she comes no. back as someone. Martha else. Martha yeah. was a character named Adiola, I think, in Army right. of Ghosts. Right. I, I don't really care. Amy Pond also <laughs> I mean, appeared in Fires of Pompeii. It, it, to me, it's one of those things that it's just like, yeah, they're using the same actor. Move yeah. on. You know, Star Trek it, does it all the time. Jeffrey really, Combs yep. is thirty percent of the the Federation. <laughs> the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it really seems too that like the they would much rather um, draw from an actor that they know and have worked with and has right. some right. sort of uh, history with the BBC right. than to say, oh no, because of continuity reasons, we can't do this. I mean, there's right. a lot of there's actually a lot of precedent for this. You see mm -hmm. people that later on come back. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen m the same actor in multiple supporting roles over the course of the new series. Right. So, uh, or at least Gwen in the from background. Gwen Torchwood was in the episode with that's, the Gelf. That's right. She was. Yeah. And I think they try to play it off like maybe she was related to that person. But again, mm -hmm. you know, it's the exact same actress. Right. 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 And so well, I, don't, I don't care. I mean, it's. I mean, eh, you know, I guess some people are going to get wound up over this. Right. And that's yeah. fine because right. that shows that people have passion. Mm -hmm. But right. for me personally, it's like, eh, OK, that's fine. He was yeah. a, a minor actor before. You know, he was a guest role or something. Yeah, that's fine. It's not like he played the master or something. Right. Right. And then that suddenly is fun. is suddenly well, now the face of, of the doctor. That would be a little strange. That would be strange. Can we just assume I went to college. Oh, go ahead. Zach. Can we just assume that this man is a set of triplets? Yes, this is actually true. one of the Time triplets. Lord, Time Lord triplets. Oh, yes. I, I've heard some people say, oh, the easy way to explain this <laughs> is to finally have the Doctor cross his own timeline. And his role in the Fires of Pompeii was as an observer. Was himself. Yes. Well, and mm. Commander Maxwell tried to kill the fifth Doctor so he would regenerate into the sixth. I think that the, the awesome. easiest answer for this and the one that – the, the simplest – when you and I went to school in a very small town in a very small state – there were two guys Actually, who Kansas were literally identical. State. Yeah. Otter Disaster looked exactly like this kid, Mark, to the point where literally I, I lived with Otter Disaster for years, and I would still see Mark walking around and go, hey, there's Otter. So, I mean, it is entirely possible to just play this off as, huh, eh, that guy looks like me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apparent, or, you know, apparently, not, not when I when I uh, or cut my hair, I look just like uh, yeah the the Hispanic yeah. uh, Walter White. White. Yep. Well, but here's the thing. Um, <laughs> here here's the thing. In Neil Gaiman's um, Who episode, mm -hmm. where that, they were the talking about wife. yeah, where they were talking about regeneration, they specifically say the Doctor gets to choose his form. So there's he nothing that says yes. there's nothing that says he chose the form of. 
somebody that he ran into and right. mm-hmm. in the subconscious or whatever decided to look like that guy. Eh, you know, there's so many ways to write around this. And I, I think that I would rather they do it as here's a throwaway line to explain rather than trying making you know make a, a big mystery out of it or make an issue of it yeah you know do a whole episode oh, no, around why a, he looks like <laughs> they're gonna have a whole season rodrigo of little of clues dropped here and there <laughs> the well, moffat's still writing it and the uh, and the season finale will be a river the return of river song yes it turns and the, out and it, the weeping angels. angels yes it turns out that the there's going to be two guys that look exactly the same they're, they're both going to be played by peter capaldi you're going to think that one of them is the guy from fires of pompeii that got superpowers but it's going to turn out that it's actually river song driving the test <laughs> driving the test selector yes in order to kill the doctor kill. so that he doesn't become a weeping angel which is his destiny as told by a ridiculous children's rhyme and what about That's the uh, what about the uh, the guys in black that you can't? Uh, oh, the silence, the silence, yeah, yeah. yes. The silence fell. They tripped and they fell. They did. What I what I'm very excited about is now I I haven't seen any of their plans. I don't know what they're going to do, but I have said for a while that I would like to see an older actor play the doctor. Oh, well, see, they finally try they listen, and, to listen to you, Matthew. Yeah, oh. to try and get around that question since 2005 of romance it's always about the romance he was in love with rose martha was in love with him part of the definition of um uh, um, uh, what was her face donna was oh no she's Annoying? not oh. in love with him right right you know and then you get to the point where he's kind of crushing and then amy had a no, thing for him didn't. but then she didn't and you know it comes to a point where i'm like okay we've we've played with this for six years how about an old grouchy guy who, you know, tells people what to do and is a jerk about it? Why does but he have to be an old grouchy guy? Why old, can't he be an... Old guys can still get tail, Matthew. Yeah. Because, Stephen, people want to see a Stephen type on their science fiction. Yeah, an old but grouchy guy. Stephen gets it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so right. will the doctor. He's I'm going to go put he's gonna be wearing, my eyes. He's going to be wearing, you know, a velvet smoking jacket. Please that's going to be his uh, costume. <laughs> yeah. I ate fried and, uh, mushrooms. And well, if that's, they come that's back your up, fault it will for be eating fried mushrooms. Unpleasant. Yeah. You must stop. Mushrooms. You must chill. So uh, what about the fact that it's uh, it's not a, a, a female actress? Didn't we really expect it? I mean. I, I, certain, I certainly didn't. No, well, I, I didn't I either. No. I mean, we I hope for it. You know, and I think it was uh, Christopher Bird who said my expectation on it is this is the point, you know, before the regeneration where we throw out all the names and we say, wouldn't it be great if it was Helen Mirren or Patterson Joseph or all these characters? And then they cast a white British guy in the role. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think it would be bad to put a female in the role of the doctor. I don't think they're going to do it. I'd well, be another, really surprised. Another thing that's popped up, uh, especially with Capaldi, is he's a very um, in-demand actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for him to take on a role like this, I know at least one website's already started the clock and said he's going to be there for a year before the draw for other mm. roles pulls him away from, from uh, the it's, doctor. It's not crazy to think that. I mean, yep. um, what's his name? Eccleston was only there yeah. for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of just kick-started the franchise and then went off to do movies. The announcement that Eccleston was giving up the role came out the day after his first episode aired. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
that's how far ahead of these things, you know, things are yeah, coming out. It's yeah. not 1963 anymore. We can't expect him to sign on for an, un, an un, you know, expected denture, mm-hmm. but... Sure we can. No, we can't. Even historically, the longest reigning doctor in history in terms of our time is seven years, seven seasons. So you got, you know, seven, you got four for the third doctor and three for the second and three for the fifth. And we get to a a point where three of uh, threes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What I like about uh, Matt Smith, I think, is four, isn't he? Um, It's it's going to be three. Three. Yeah. I guess it depends on depends on whether you're counting seasons or years. Uh, well, if you're and counting, I have a real counting, big issue with that. If you're counting real-time years, then isn't the guy who did the movie like the longest reigning doctor? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was on 1996 to 2005, so that's a 19-year reign. Right. Yeah. But that's so what I'm saying. So Paul McGann is, is the king of the You can say, oh, well, I was the doctor for four years. No, you were the doctor for like four seasons. You know? Well, that's, that's still four Kirtley, years. It's just John somebody Kirtley else has the... Oh, still being able to go in and say, I'm the doctor! <laughs> yeah. So uh, but I'm, I, what I'm getting to is that there's all these, you know, back when uh, what was nice about the earlier Doctor Who's is especially when they ran here, and I don't know how it was in in um, when BBC ran them, but here on PBS there were times where you would get it where they would run them in half hour chapters, mm-hmm. and they would tell that whole story, or you could watch it for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it was. Um, but I found those more enjoyable because you ended up getting more in a year than. Eight episodes or seven uh, episodes, mm-hmm. and it, uh, and I guess that's just my. How long is that? How long a season of Doctor Who is nowadays? Uh, well, well this, this season is split into into two, like halves. two six episode halves, yeah. basically. You have to yeah. look at the tenth Doctor. Well, I mean, you look season, at uh, and then a full season, and then he did his four movies, basically. You got to look at. Um, even shows like Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. Yeah, this, the, seven, eight episodes for an entire season. This, well, the, the uh, fifth Entourage, and six are like that. Wow. Entourage Game of is the same way. Game of Thrones is like six episodes. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it, to me, it's in, to me, it's infuriating. It's only because I want more of it, right? But you know, there used to be a time where a season was twenty three, thirty two, right? And then, and then, uh, and then people started fighting for their rights, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, and, and pe- the- then people unionized, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when you and I started watching, there was a lot of to-do when they went to those two 25-minute episodes a week instead yeah. of 145. So, yeah. I mean, that also was a, a deviation in the format that people were like, no, it's wrong. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a problem with the shorter season because it really doesn't feel like the 11th Doctor has been around for three years. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's pulled basically – Four, well, five, season five, six, and seven, and then whatever happens next year, and then in theory, we probably won't see anything out of Capaldi until November of 2014, Yeah, if my time frames are right. I don't know. I I kind of hope we see him in the 50th anniversary special, but then I kind of hope. Well, but we I don't. think that's when we I think that's when the regeneration is supposed to yeah. occur because that's Smith's last well, episode. That's that's all. No, it's not. No, the mm, 50th anniversary special is not Smith's last episode. The end of 2000. Oh, I'm sorry. The Christmas episode is his last. Is his last? Yeah. 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 So but, then, I mean, wouldn't Capaldi come back in at that weird like in, uh, spring season? If there is one. 
Yeah, they know. may wait another whole year. They have they have not announced anything about the production. I think the 50th yeah. anniversary special has it's, already it's been in, shot. Yeah, it's in yeah. Th- it's over Thanksgiving is when that one airs. Yeah, because November 23rd is the uh, 50th anniversary. Well, Thanksgiving it, here in the United it would States. Be, I don't know it would be awesome. It. it would be awesome if he was in it. But he was playing a different character. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Just to make everyone more just mad. Juror, his, juror sixth, number six. his sixth character is going <laughs> to be the I doctor. Want. And of course, a lot of people are pointing out that uh, Capaldi was in uh, uh, World War Z as one of the World Health Organization doctors. Uh-huh. Who, the, the doctor? Who doctor. Uh, That's how he got the role. It was easy to edit yeah. his IMDb. See, I've always said about about the 50th anniversary and Rodrigo's idea, I'd like to see the 12th Doctor and the 11th and the 10th and the 9th. I'd like to see all of the living actors show up and play different characters. I was, you know, the... But then do some weird thing where, you know, Colin Baker gets to show up and go, hello, I'm still the Doctor, hello, because he's adorable. Um, I was really surprised (laughs) they didn't get him in studio for the live broadcast. I mean, granted, it was a half-hour show. Right. um, But I figured they could have at least wedged him on the couch with... uh, Peter Davison and and the other people that were on the Colin I no, I don't know uh, if you look into listen to his Twitter feed Colin was surprised that he was part of things so well, they did it he did it they did a video interview with yeah him, he was there and Peter Davison I think was uh, on video well no feed. Peter Davison was live he was live oh, was in, the, in the studio that's why I said I'm surprised they didn't bring him on, on maybe he to, was busy uh, maybe be. I know he was uh, at a convention a year or, so, or a week or so ago so maybe he, you know was busy yeah, maybe fighting. he was busy. I Who still want knows? them to bring him back. I want a, I want an overweight, balding, seventy-ish sixth doctor. Hey, to here come I am, <laughs> and flip out. You'd have to. You'd, <laughs> you'd have, have to be... do. You'd have to do a British accent. Hello, mum. It's uh, me. Run. Uh, no, Hello, mum. Stop. If you run. actually want this to happen, no, you need to stop no, right no, now. No, that no, means I don't make me whip out my wingy dingy no, thingy. No, that's no. Stop that's it. Awkward. I wear a fez. Fezes are cool, eh? What the hell was that? Where I was the best. I figure if I'm going to go all out, I might as well go all out, right? Fezes are uh, cool now. All right, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can weigh in on your thoughts on the brand new Doctor. And while you're over there, you might consider becoming a Major Spoilers VIP. Yes, the VIP is still our funding goat, our goal. But for those people who are a $2, $5, or $10 a month recurring um, member, you get access to the members.majorspoilers.com website, where you have original art original shows that you can download, and uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Last week, we had a piece from uh, Zach that went up there. Hello. We'll probably have some more stuff uh, very soon. In fact, some of it may even be spoiler stuff <gasps> for upcoming installments of Critical Hit, a major spoilers Dungeons & Dragons podcast. One person yeah, one person was uh, rather upset that he didn't read the full title of the uh, of the uh, article, and he jumped in and looked at some of the art and was like, wait a minute, this is a spoiler for an episode that hasn't been released yet. Curse my soul. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of good stuff over there at members.majorspoilers.com. You can either sign up through there. You can click on the link over at majorspoilers.com. But we're really, really happy to have our bronze, silver, and gold VIP members in there. And if you want to ensure that Major Spoilers continues, consider becoming a VIP. And we thank you very much. All right. Let us get into some reviews. Review. Matthew, saga number 13. Was that out last week from no, uh, Image Comics? Enough. That is out next week. Oh, is it out next the, week? Okay. The 12th, I believe. Okay. It's in the far-flung future world, which is pretty awesome when you think about it. But Saga, of course, is the ongoing story of uh, Marco and uh, what's-her-face? I forget her name. 
Alana. Mary Tyler Moore. Yes, Mary Tyler Moore. Marco and Mary Tyler Moore fell in love in an interstellar war. Oh, she Marco. comes from a planet where everyone has angel wings, and he comes from a planet where everyone has devil horns. And it's all symbolism, but it's much better than that sentence makes it sound. And uh, issue 12 ended on kind of a sort of a cliffhanger. So issue 13 has actually had a little bit of a, uh, I think it's a production break. I don't know if it's so they can write it or so they can draw it. But Marco and Alana are not only on the run from both of their people, they're on the run from a professional bounty hunter called The Will, who has teamed up with Marco's ex-fiance. <gasps> oh no! To try and track the whole thing down. It is extremely complex. If you haven't read Saga, go pick up the first trade. I'll wait. Be back? Wasn't that awesome? I mean, seriously, right? And the thing and the pew, pew, pew. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, it was awesome. In any case, this issue picks up where 12 left off. Marco and Alana are on the run with his mother and their baby and uh, their dead babysitter. Meanwhile, (laughs) it's really hard to break down what's going on in any given issue because I don't want to spoiler the awesome things that are happening. Mm -hmm. But I also – you can't describe – either the book or the things that happen in the book without sounding like it's it's a stack of this came from here and this came from here and this came from here. Not exactly cliches, but at least tropes. There's a point where the bounty hunter who's after her is having some hallucinations and Marco and Alana finally find a planet where they can stop and take a breath and not be constantly on the run. There's development, a little bit of development for everybody. There's a moment, and Slave Girl gets a name. <gasps> I'm not going to tell you what it is, because that would be spoilery. But basically, this issue is kind of the first chunk of what I'm assuming is going to be a third trade paperback. So it very quickly says, this is everybody that we know. This is everything that they're doing. This is where they've been. The narration, of course, is still by the baby. And I can't tell if, you know, if it's one of those future narration things or if it's time, space, and dimension all messed up. I will say this. Love this book. This issue is as beautiful as anything that has come before. Fiona Staples handles the art, and she is brilliant. And she can draw wonderful things, and she can draw terrible, terrible, horrible, horrible troll testicles. <laughs> I love that episode. Yeah, that, that whole issue. That issue is amazing. This, This doesn't have anything to that level in it, but there are a couple of really lovely moments where we see Prince Robot the Fourth. You know, previous episode, he was just sitting on a toilet for half half an issue. (laughs) Everybody is in this issue. Uh, I I think that the baby kind of uh, is intentionally wearing a hat that makes her look like Finn from Adventure Time. Either way, four and a half slices of meatloaf for Saga number 13. Things happening here that I'm not going to go into because of the fact that it doesn't come out for another eight days. Week, week, yeah. Week in the future. Seven days. So, yes, go buy it. Go read it. Go buy all the rest of them and go, oh, my gosh, this is really good. Why am I not reading this from the very beginning? No. And then read it from the beginning. Thanks, Matthew and Rodrigo. To venture once again into uh, the world of the golem. Yes. Golem. I've been, uh, no, not that golem. Precious, um, my yes. No, no, not that guy. Jesus. Yes. So in this episode, yes, in this episode, he Steven challenged- gets a hairball. 
In this episode, he gets challenged to some riddles by the Nazis. <laughs> really? <laughs> it goes, it, yes. It goes like this. Knock, knock. <laughs> That's not a riddle. <laughs> Who's there? The Gestapo. The Gestapo. I will ask the questions, yeah. <laughs> You're awful. Yeah, no, that was terrible. I'm sorry. I apologize to all members of the Gestapo <laughs> for listening to the show. In any case, uh, Breath of Bones number three. Uh, if you'll recall, I've been reviewing every issue of this uh, as it as it comes out off the presses. I've been looking over it and reviewing it. Um, oh my God. The uh, this is a story about a, a boy who um, his uh, he lives in a village in Europe, and the Nazi war machine is rolling across and destroying everything in their path. Um, they, uh, a uh, soldier from the Allies, uh, or a, a fighter pilot, crash lands, the Nazis find them, and now they're coming to their village to kill them all, basically, for being traitors. Um, at the end of the last issue, the boy's uh, father, grandfather, grandfather um, uh, kind of uh, walks him through creating a, the golem, which is the... Um, ancestral protector of his people and um this issue is basically a big fight scene between the golem and the incoming nazi attackers so that's what you've been waiting for right that is that is and it's 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 interesting because um you know the the book had always been like uh like marketed as like the golem during world war ii and a lot of the art in it made it seem like, or, or like a lot of the promotional stuff that I'd seen, really made it seem like it was like out in the front lines fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, But it isn't. I mean, really, this is the story of how this boy um, awakens the golem and then uh, it helps him um, defend his village. So, um, but... At the end of it, we flash forward to a potential return of the golem. Uh-oh. Just kind of as, a, as an open-ended thing. Cool. But is this a three-issue story? I, yeah, this is a three-issue arc. Oh, okay. Um, and it is, I believe it is. Pretty sure it's a three. This is the third in a three-issue arc. Okay. Um, and um, still in black and white, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, art looks very good. It's very pretty. The golem looks really cool. Um, you know, they when they build it... They make, they make it very smooth, but like they build it in like out of the ground, so it's just like this uh, figure that's lying down. So when it stands up, it like tears. You know, it, it's like if you if you think about it, when they make it, it's like halfway like sunk into the ground. If that makes any sense, right, right, right. like they they only build yeah, like the from half. yeah from yeah. the ribs forward, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it or from the side forward. So when it stands up, there's all these like chunks of rock oh, yeah, yeah. on the back just That's because cool. it like an equivalent amount of ground also comes mm-hmm. up with them. It, the, I, I really like the design. It's really cool. Excellent. You know, it didn't, it, it didn't have to look that good basically, but, but they went for it and you know, there's lots of fighting and shooting at it and it's like rah, rampaging. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's basically what I'd been waiting for. Uh, and the so uh, the golem wins. The golem does win the day. Um, he chases off the Nazis and the 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 legend spreads. Cool. Um, I'm gonna give this 
I'm going to give it four and a half slices of meatloaf. It's a really good payoff to a story that starts out kind of slow and really is much more of a character piece than I was expecting. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is about this boy, his grandfather, his faith, and, you know, kind of that clashing with the realities of that world. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really good. I'd say if you get a chance or if you see it collected, which I would imagine Dark Horse will probably collect it pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead and pick it up. It's it's a nice uh, it's a nice book to have. The art is very pleasant, and it's a slightly more serious story than you see in a lot of comics. Without mm-hmm. without being gory or um, violent or or too violent or too like sexualized mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for that. So Matthew did an image. Rodrigo did a Dark Horse. I'm going to do an image comic. <gasps> Fatal number 16 out this week from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, this is the second chapter in a new arc featuring Josephine, the what appears to be immortal de- uh, desire of all men uh, who wanders through the uh, story. Last time she was found bleeding in the woods by uh, uh, this grunge rock band guy who took her back to the house. And we learned from him that he's a bank robber to help fund the band's music videos and albums and all this stuff. And he's fallen madly in love with her. Meanwhile, at the, at the same time, um, a former cop is stalking her and trying to kill her. Mm. And, uh, yet another guy is still madly in love and searching desperately all through Seattle to find her. And they're just kind of all. And so this story continues all these different threads of the storylines that were dangling from the second arc. I think this must be the third arc of the, main Josephine story where they're just all kind of interweaving and coming really close to having all the characters intersect with one another. And Josephine who um, apparently has had her memory loss uh, suffering from amnesia, following a blow on the head from this uh, corrupt uh, police officer um, is uh, seems to be oblivious to everything, but I think she really does know what's going on. And so again, it's just another weird tale that Phillips and Brubaker are spinning, um, drawing us into this world of Josephine and actually making us want to read more issues from from week uh, from month after month. Uh, the art is really good. Sean Phillips again does a really great job. I really enjoy his work and and when he's working with Brubaker, Brubaker's tales, uh, it's got sex violence and especially in this book, it's got sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, so it's it's got all the things that that the, that you would want from your uh, independent. Uh, creator-owned comic. Um, But I think it's getting to the point that the same reason why I stopped watching Lost and the same reason why I drop a lot of shows that I drop is you're not giving us enough enough answers Uh and you're just drawing us out on these same very loose threads. And I get bored with that pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And this book is starting to get that way. If we don't discover some more about Josephine's backstory... Not just the fact that she's screwing up men's lives, or um, I shouldn't say screwing up, although their lives end up pretty much ruined anyway. Um, But if we don't get some answers about her powers and where she comes from and all that stuff, the book's going to rapidly lose interest from me, which is why I'm only giving this issue three out of five uh, slices of meatloaf. Still a great book, still an interesting story, but it's really starting to wane uh, as far as the thrill from the first uh, five or six issues. So that's out this week from uh, Image Comics. 
And Zach, why don't you wrap us up with another book from Dark Horse Comics? Yes, I am reviewing Halo Initiation number one coming out uh, the next week from Dark Horse, written by uh, Brian Reed and art done by Marco Castillo. Um, if you've never played any of the Halo games, well, not that. If you've never read any of the extended material from Halo, because Halo became a pretty big thing a couple years ago with yeah, all yeah. the Xbox stuff. Had its books and everything. And it has good books, and I've read uh, one or two of them. But if I hadn't read, it, this is a nice comic to uh, inform you of the greater world of Halo, because uh, the issue starts out with a couple pages and explaining how the starting program started, how the army took kids from their parents, did all these tests on them, created these Spartan soldiers that are totally BA fighting machines for the world. Wait a minute, I don't want to get on no <laughs> ship. What's this, buttermilk? Okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that. So they give you... BA Spartans, I'm just, you know... Anyway. I don't get it. Oh, he's he never seen it. I don't I'm sorry, it. you're too young, Zach, I don't get it. to have ever watched an awesome show in the 80s called The A-Team. Yep. Oh, I, I didn't even watch like... the remake movie because... Well, you're probably okay on, in that good. part, so... But... That Spartan doing some Tai Chi. It's me. It's me. <laughs> See, he got that. I got that one. You have to tailor your <laughs> reference to the audience, dude. <laughs> oh, no, I'm actually talking to... The people listening. The people listening. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are people listening? What? <laughs> Hi, people! Quite, quite a few of them, actually, and the numbers oh, grow each crap. and every week, Yay. and we thank them for spreading the word. Anyway, back to back Halo, to Halo initiation. initiation number one. So, it gives you an overview of the Spartan program, which is nice. And then it's like, oh, this guy's like, oh, remember those horrible things you did, and that's why it left me crippled, and all these kids dead and stuff? It's like, well, <laughs> I did it again. So, jump to Battlefield. Cool. Uh, hella jumper people. Shoot down on this... Uh, Spaceship from the sky into a battlefield, and we meet our our heroine, actually, which I found really nice, because Halo is, uh, at least from uh, Master Chief's standpoint, you've always been controlling a male throughout the games, and now we get introduced to a female who is totally the bomb. She saves She's this- a Spartan? Not yet. Oh. oh. It's coming, I think. She doesn't know her tight Yeah. <laughs> uh... Saves this diplomat who has an AI unit from a base that's being taken over by the Covenant and saves the day. Awesome. And then the ending is left um, with the implications to your, that... your imagination? Yeah, no. It's left to us knowing that she has the opportunity to become a Spartan in the future, which is nice. Ties it back to the beginning. It really feels like if this didn't go on, it's actually the first of a three-part... Many leading into another Halo series, uh, uh, ongoing series, comic book or video this game, or is Steven Spielberg produced television show. This uh, why it's got to be Spielberg because he's the one that's developing. It. Yeah, he signed. He's the exciting lead into Halo Spartan Assault. Oh, okay, cool. So I don't know what that is. I think it's another comic, but this felt like a. If I knew there wasn't a third issue or two more issues following this. It still felt like a complete story. Like the guy at the beginning says, "I made more Spartans." At the end, it says, "Hey, essentially, do you want to become a Spartan?" It had, felt like a nice little story that could that could be it. And it was nice that I didn't have to like. It's not I have to read the next issue to find out what her fate is. It's pretty much implied she's going to become a Spartan and do pretty awesome, cool things and kill mm-hmm. grunts and stuff. Wear, wear some cool armor. Yeah, no doubt. Carry a gun and a 
pistol with the zoom because that's the best pistol. Yeah, like throw little needles at guys. <laughs> yeah, she gets shot with one of those in this. But uh, great uh, comic for Halo. I actually want to read them. Uh, anticipating the next issue to find out more. Really good story. Three and a half slices of meatloaf. The art was good. Let me throw that in. Art was good. Different than what I'm used to seeing with Halo because Halo video game, highly rendered, very mm-hmm, smooth mm-hmm. thing. But it's not... It's kind of rough around the edges, but it still has all the great designs from Halo. You I mean you recognize all of the Covenant people mm-hmm. without them like explicitly saying, "Oh, this is a jackal. This is a hunter." You just know who they are because they look just right, like right, the right. Spartans look like that, and all the military people look just like the armor they have in the games. That's nice. Have you uh, have you watched Halo Legends? No. It's uh It's like um. Are you familiar with the Animatrix? Mm-hmm. It's it's like that for Halo, oh, basically. If you watch Red versus Blue, yeah. yes, also that. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually, if you have, do you have a Blu-ray player, I do. I have it. They sent us a review copy, and oh, no, I reviewed right. it a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can actually let you. I mean, if you're into Halo, yeah, you should borrow it okay. and check it out. Cool. All right. Yeah. Very, very cool indeed. Video games and comics. Boom. Yeah, I agree. Two birds. Speaking of video games and comics, perhaps you would like to buy some, and you can do that. <laughs> You can do that by going over to MajorSpoilers.com and clicking on that Amazon.com link, and you're done. Masterful. I know. Yes, you just click on there, sound. and you want to go and search for the uh, new Halo uh, game that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Click on that. You want to get an Xbox One. I don't even know if they're for pre-sale yet. They I are. think they are. They well, are. go over to Amazon and pre-purchase your, your Xbox One or your PS4 mm-hmm. or your... Wii U. <laughs> Your Wii U. Wii U. <laughs> who bought a Wii U? <laughs> Actually, I can check because we do get a report of not who bought what, but things that people buy. And so yes, it's always interesting to see what people... buy inappropriate things. Yes, Matthew Peterson. We just know that, someone uh, bought inappropriate things. Yes. Actually, and we thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And here's the great thing. You buy that uh, Xbox One, you buy the Halo game, you buy some Halo comic books, you buy the Halo universe books, whatever mm-hmm. that may be... Um. A little bit comes back to us. doesn't cost you anything else, but your help helps us. Now, I will say this. If you live in the UK, if you live overseas, Amazon, at the beginning of July, instituted a new policy, which states that you can't change the .com to a .uk uh, or CA or oh, RU no. or TV. So until we get approved for our um, international affiliates, international people can still buy through our Amazon link, but... We're not getting anything from that right now. Oh. So people were asking we, about that. We appreciate the uh, the effort and the thought. Yes. The the like. I'm kind of uh, mad about that. A lot of people are mad about that. Yeah. Although I can, I bet you that it messes with their tracking, and that's probably, why they don't yeah, like probably. it. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's also not allowing because people used to know that trick of being able to just change the last letters. Right. That well, you know, UK Amazon affiliates. You know, whatever we're not getting, Maybe, we're not getting their money. I mean, because they were coming through the major spoiler it's, site. It's possible not not, not to turn this into a discussion of that, but it's possible <laughs> that in other countries there are like further taxes or there issues with yeah. something there like this. Be. So right. we thank we thank like, you for your support. International Canadians are like we don't like that. <laughs> Canadian, hey man, do not mess with Canadians. I messed with a Canadian once, and they broke a bottle with a mouse in it over my. Dude, head. I met a Canadian at Nertacular who's oh, like yeah. nine feet tall. Yeah, yeah, his name's Smith. Yeah. Smith? And he gave us and he gave us whiskey. Yeah, that's a fake name. No. That's so that when he murders you and buries you in the field, you won't know. Oh, probably, well, if you're dead, you don't need to know his name. He's yeah, probably exactly. a very nice man from Canada. Oh yeah, he's pretty cool. I like sure. it when they say a boot. 
Yes. Oh, part. speaking of a boot, we're going to be taking a break boot here boot. in just a moment. What? Uh, to be listening from some calls from different people, including uh, one from Canada. Yay, it really sounds. Canada. It really sounds more like a boat to me. A when boat. They say it. Yeah. What Maybe it's just that region of Canada. They say Maybe. a boat. A boat. Eh, it's a different sort of thing. First, let's get to the major spoilers poll of the sword. week. It's time for the millions in attendance. And the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who thought it's funny when Steven made fun of me. And I know who you are. <laughs> Who's me? It's Die. <laughs> yes, I know it's you, Zach. Why do you think that the opens go the way they go, Zach? I've, I've noticed For the major spoilers, <laughs> greased up and muscly, kind of oiled up, weak. Spoiler. So uh, <laughs> who sent me this poll of the week this week? Was it Silver? Silver Gray, I think, is who silver sent it gray. to us. Is it Silver Gray or Silver Black? Yeah, Silver Gray uh, sent it to like us. And silver the, Black. Uh, Matt Black actually uh, sends us um, the uh, top five suggestions. And then there's oh. gloss, uh, White Glossy, who yeah. often will send us uh, suggestions for movies we should review. So Who's who's Black and Red? I don't know. Who's Black and Decker? I like Toaster. What's Black and White all over? Black and white and red all over, or just black and white all a over? A nun yeah. with knife wounds. <laughs> <laughs> a black, penguin with that, diaper red. Black and white and red all over, an embarrassed zebra. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say a zebra, because I just said black and white. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when a baby tells you a joke. <laughs> Actually, I think the boy tells better jokes. Yeah, than oh, think, no, he does. he does. He does. <laughs> it's like... This is this is a joke that uh, Steven's son told me. Knock knock. Who's there? A giant spoiler for how Super for how the Man <laughs> of Steel ends. That's who's there. Like God. Knock knock. Who's there? Superman kills Zod. Yeah. <laughs> Superman <Hey>. kills Zod. <laughs> so uh, Silver Gray. <laughs> Silver Gray sent us this week's poll of the week. And uh, said, hey, here's some uh, people who uh, might be good in a fight. Who would win? Would it be Conan the Barbarian? Mm. Or would it be He-Man from Eternia? Rodrigo, who would win in that fight? This was a grand battle. This was a difficult one for me. Really? Yeah, because Conan is good at everything. Yeah, he is. Um, Conan is... not good at anything. (laughs) <laughs> He-Man is not very good at a lot of things. They're both I think they're both good fighters. I think they would be evenly matched in a straight up fight. I think if they were allowed to bring their crews like He-Man would bring might, like man at arms and uh Yeah, like a guy with a with a big mechanical neck and a scaredy cat tiger and really Actually, it would it would mostly be decided by whether Tila and Red Sonia, like who who wins that <laughs> fight? The fans, yes, the fans. <laughs> but uh, I think that um, if you go by skills, Conan is good pretty much at anything. So if there's any sort of environmental issues, Conan will be like, "Well, I used to be a sailor, so I'm going to hit you with this rock and kill you." Um, then again, if you're going by style, you can't beat a guy who walks around in a metal harness. Um, and fuzzy underwear. And fuzzy underwear. Half the time. The other half the time in tight white pants and a pink shirt. I mean, really, 
If you think Fabulous about it, Fabulous cosmic power. Yes. I really like his odds now that I hear your argument. Yeah, like He Man. He does kind of dress like you, Zach. He Man and <laughs> Prince Adam. Yes, and you know about half the time. It's my cosplay for um, Pax. <laughs> <laughs> and you have that so, same 1940s Betty Page page boy haircut too. Again, um I was a page once. <laughs> I I really have to I really have to give it to He-Man based on style just because um on on top of it all, sure Conan can ride a horse and a camel and the occasional enormous mutant snake. But, which, by the way, also doesn't help things. That's my high, high school <laughs> wrestling name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, ri- rides a giant snake or just a giant snake? The enormous mutant snake. Yes, enormous mutant snake schleicher. Forgot to wear my cuff and I got banned from high school wrestling. Uh, this is the worst chair so far. Wow. Give it to he man. So here's how the fight goes down, Rodrigo. Uh-huh. Contrary to your uh, to your explanation, uh-huh. the moment he man raises his mighty sword uh-huh. to say, "I have the power," right. Conan just comes in and chops his head off with an axe. Right. Conan for the win. Duh! Come on. Point point of order, Zach. What? Uh, so you did not say. This is a fight between Conan and Prince Adam, who has to turn into He-Man. Ah. You said this is a fight between Conan and He-Man. That's well, a good point. Doesn't even get out the starting gate, because Conan <laughs> kills him first. All right, well, so. that's a dumb argument. I have a worse one. <laughs> I flipped a coin. <laughs> it came up tails. I realized I hadn't assigned... I really hadn't assigned who was heads and tails. <laughs> I assigned Conan to heads, and he in the tails. And then Conan won. Okay. And Matthew. See, here's the thing. You <laughs> you have two different levels of what you're saying here, not just Rodrigo's stylishness, because let's be honest, even Steven, you know, even Tim Gunn couldn't oh, make hey. Conan's ensemble work. Oh, sure. But <laughs> if you just look at this as a battle, if we presume a world where both characters exist and where the majority of their, you know, their ancillary flotsam and jetsam exist. What this breaks down to is a really strong, really clever barbarian versus a prince with superpowers. So you break down the fact that, yes, the barbarian is tough and he's smart and he can, you know, chop things up and he's been chopping things up for years. Prince Adam may not have that combat experience. He's like, hi, I'm Adam. This is my pink shirt. But he has superpowers. And Conan doesn't even have the cop out of a green kryptonite ring, so I kind of had to lean so towards the one with or the magic. magic powers. Is there a difference between superpowers and magic powers? You ask Captain Marvel. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, ask. He's Captain not here, Marvel. so I'm asking you. How many people have punched Superman in the face with impunity? I'll guarantee you that at least 80% of them were powered by magic and thus utilizing magic as a superpower. Ask Doctor Strange. Ask the White Witch. Ask uh, the the Wizard and Flexo the Rubber Man. Well, that's what I'm asking. I'm just asking, is there a difference yeah. between superpowers and magic powers? Superpowers of so magic So Harry origin. Potter is a super superhero, superpowered guy? Harry Potter, you could make a case that you Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker and Han Solo all fit many of the necessary portions of your superhero. Hmm. Indiana Jones could be a superhero, but here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to be a superhero to have superpowers. 
there are characters who are not superheroes who suddenly have superpowers, one of which is He-Man, who even has a superhero code name and a chess symbol. True. So I went and yeah, grudgingly. has girls hanging off his legs all the time. So does He-Man. He doesn't know what to do with them, but they're there. That's true. And here's, here, here's my thing. If you assume a world where they both exist and both of their exploits are the same, you've basically got a Batman versus Captain Marvel situation. That's, so you have to true. ask yourself. Conan is very Batman-like. Sure he is. Yeah. So you've got, you've got to ask yourself in a straight fight – where do you where do you lie? And my expectation is Conan may and, and in fact will Conan will probably maim He Man, seriously injure, possibly even you know fatally injure. But I think that the superpowers, the magic powers, are probably going to give He Man the edge because He Man's mm. not a killer. No, he's not. But, but when Conan, Conan has also killed arm, magical wizards and demigods and those kinds of things. Right. Killed James Earl Jones. Yeah. Now that's what I want to see is a fight between like Thulsa Doom and his followers and the and Snake Skeletor. Man. Oh, and and, oh it's just yeah. like a big or snake Th- fight. Thulsa Doom and, and Skeletor. Yeah. Thulsa Doom Skeletor, Skeletor would be a good one. Yeah. Beast Man and Red Sonja. I'd give it. I'd give it to uh, Hardak or what's his name? <laughs> yeah, Hordak. Hordak fights Shira though. I um, know. That's why he would Majula. just. He would just. He would turn into a, an airplane. <laughs> And fly in and just like shoot them while they're fighting. Modulok versus uh, Red Sonia. Yeah. See the one that has the head turned around all the time. Modulok is the one whose body is made up of different pieces. Oh, that's right. What's, what's, the, what's the guy whose head Majulok. turns around to three different? Uh, Manny faces. Oh, Manny faces. That's right. Yeah. There's also Mechanek whose his neck springs yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Robot. Robot. Neck what's man. What's really cool Ram, is you Ram can. Man. What's really cool is so many. Of those figures, or so many of those characters are figures from Maddie Collector, mm-hmm. and they've yeah. been releasing them and selling them for years now. So if you wanted to get, they still have like they're they they were selling this like Justice League versus He Man or like oh, yeah, DC yeah, Universe versus those, He Man. Yeah. Those yeah. are still I mean, around. You can yeah. find them. This yeah, is the I think thing. It, can even Conan prevail against the one-two punch of Ram Man and Fisto? Oh, but it's not between. It's just I'm He-Man. just saying. I'm just we're extrapolating again. Sure. This is a world where both characters exist. Mr. Monkey because, says uh, I like Conan better, but I have to go with He-Man. He-Man has magic on his side, not to mention I, Cringer. Uh, Stone Gargoyle <laughs> says I give it to Conan. He-Man might have magic, but he never truly hurts anyone if he can help it, and that hesitant hesitation gives Conan the edge. Uh, Rico says Conan he kills people while He-Man has magical strength and endurance. Conan is as strong as the plot needs him to be. He-Man all the way says Clever Lang. Kevin uh, says, how is this even a question? Of course Conan would win. He's Conan. Uh, Alicia says, the only reason I voted He-Man is because he has magic on his side. But if he was stripped of his magical aspect, it would definitely be Conan. Fred says, well, well sure. I... If you take away his powers, no, then the other he? guy... He's just a guy in a pink shirt. Yeah. yeah. While I prefer... It's like if you, if, you put, if you put clothes on Conan, it's like, <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a different character. Fred says, well, I prefer... Prefer the uh, Sumerian, He-Man does have a greater magic-infused strength. So while Conan would probably fight better, He-Man could slam him with a building or a huge rock. Sumerians are tough, but not that tough. I love, love, love He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, says Goofball814, but this isn't even close. Conan mops the floor with He-Man. Although he puts it as just (laughs) He-Man. 
Uh, Conan was born on the hey, battlefield, man. is a battlefield technician, and knows nothing but war and womanizing. Uh, I vote Conan, says Fool's Mask. Conan, he fights dirty, says Alan. The thing about uh, <laughs> Conians is that he's the Batman of Samaria. He's been a pirate, mercenary, soldier, king, ninja. Yep. So just like Batman, yep. he can be anything the plot needs him to be. Uh, so he can beat his enemies. Uh, that's a he knows Vista, only one thing. Fights, fights, thing. Uh, fights animal theme bad guys. Yeah, that's true. See, I think Thulsa Doom would probably, you know, just mop the floor with Skeletor and kill them both. Conan, Conan has fought many wannabe gods and demons with super strength. He's beaten all of them. Plus, he's a force of nature. I love me some He-Man, says Sean, but I can't see how he wouldn't be in over his head against the Sumerian. And then uh, somebody says, uh, Conan, he's so funny on late night. <laughs> Matthew, how did the rest of the major spoilers uh, nation vote? Conan hasn't been on late night in like four years. Okay. The rest of the major spoilers nation, a whopping 63%, which when you multiply that times 180 votes is like 200 people uh, are voting for He-Man, whereas 30, or excuse me, for Conan, 37% voting for He-Man. I find it interesting the way the lengths to which people will go to explain because I know I did it too to explain their choice even though they think well this guy is more powerful and people may think he should win but I believe this. <laughs> well, I, I find it really. That I mean, the um, you know, modern narratives like fiction has trained us to root for the underdog. Right. It's mm-hmm. like it's like nowadays when you see a fight between someone who is. And, and and the two are not evenly matched, you almost automatically assume that the weaker-seeming opponent is the one that's going to win because that's yeah. the way stories go. Right. Mm-hmm. The only, the only uh, exception to that rule is John Cena. Right. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's an entirely... Interesting, interesting fact I learned today. WWE pay-per-views still far outsell uh, UFC. You know why? Yeah, they're sense. actually... I mean, WWE has usually brings in a larger audience than most sporting yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. ticket the, sales. The I was really surprised by that. Is that the narrative is not necessarily compelling in a UFC fight? There's, right, there's right. no, there is no, you know, the build isn't there. Well, there can, there's some, there's there can. Some. It's mostly. I mean, they try. They always try really. The they always try really saw, hard right. to. Yeah. Yeah, I saw an amazing UFC fight where a guy who was uh, who apparently had had part of his chest muscle removed was like kicked unconscious in the middle of the match or something. That's I'm like, oh my God, somebody needs, to, where's Kevin Nash for the run-in? Yeah, somebody needs, somebody needs to hit that other guy with a steel chair and get that exactly. guy out of the ring. Somebody skipped page three and went, went right to page 12. Oh yeah. my gosh, how is this even possible? Anyway, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. Who would win, Conan or He-Man? Only you can decide the fate of the universe with your vote. Or it, as one person in the comments had it, Conan Heman. or Herman. <laughs> Conan or Heman. My uh, money's on Herman. Let's Herman take, will bring Grandpa in and Grandpa cheats. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, Molly Danger, stick around. Hello, Spoilerites. It's Jason from Jason Reads Comics on the Major Spoilers website. I'm here to talk about Molly Danger. Well, sort of. You see... I donated to Molly Danger's Kickstarter, which is sort of what I'm calling it about. See, because I also have a Kickstarter called Squash Watchers, which is a comedic web series about the hunt for Bigfoot. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does it have to do with the major spoiler rights in the comic books? Well, you see, it guest stars Superman writer Scott LaBelle. And it's a really funny web series, and I'm looking for some help to make this awesome thing 
come to fruition. So I'm asking for your help. And also, if you donate $50 to Squash Watchers, you can get a signed Scott Liddell graphic novel, which is a pretty cool prize. But enough about that. You go to Facebook.com slash Squash Watchers, the web series, to check it out. And go to Kickstarter, just search Squash Watchers. Any help will be greatly appreciated. And, you know, thanks for taking a second to check it out. And also, go help the Majors Polarites with their funding go. You know, help donate $10. Uh, you know, their VIP side is really awesome. They got art. They got the podcast. And I personally want Major Spoiler Rights funded because I want to hear Major Spoilers for years to come. Thanks for all checking out, and uh, see you on the flip side. Hi, Major Spoilers. It's Pierce calling from Vancouver, Canada. And I am calling in today just to uh, pose a question. And it uh, sort of surrounds the fact that me and my wife just had our first son about a month ago. And while I was talking with one of my friends about, you know, uh, you know, he's, he says, oh, you know, you need to, you know, start him out when he gets older on, you know, the classic video games before, you know, you, he moves on to, uh, you know, the more new stuff. You know, you gotta, he's got to cut his teeth on the classics, et cetera. And it sort of made me think about a question that Matthew posed, uh, the question of the day a while ago about things that you want to pass on to your kid from, you know, your geek culture. And uh, I was just uh, wanted to see if you guys had any advice for uh, a new parent about uh, ways to sort of balance, you know, letting him have his own childhood uh, and introducing things, you know, that you like from, you know, your childhood about, you know, like Star Wars and other things that I'm into. Um, yeah, so I was just wondering if you had any advice on how to sort of navigate that. Um, and, yeah, uh, thanks a lot, and I'll keep listening. Have a good day. Oh, Jason Inman, you rascal, you. How dare you? Well, actually, Jason's a pretty good guy. He does our uh, Jason Reads Comics videos every week over on Major Spoilers. Check that out, and definitely go and check out his Kickstarter uh, project and uh, see what uh, see what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the question from our friend up north who asked, what would we like to pass on to our kids? You will have to listen to a future top five Ooh. in a couple of weeks, maybe in a week or two. Teach yeah, next, well. Maybe next week, right? Next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Show oh, them all the beauty if you would like to call in and share your thoughts about this or any other topic that we're going to discuss, whether his name should be He-Man or Spider-Man. <laughs> Give us a call at the Major Spoilers Hotline. That number, Matthew, is... Call us at 785-727-1939. Yeah. And for those, uh, for those listeners who really want to hear that in crisp, full mono, go and get God, yourself, why would you? I know go I do. get yourself <laughs> a pair of tweaked audio headphones. Tweaked audio. So many styles, so many different colors. Excellent sound reproduction. Even Matthew's voice. Hey. Still sounds horrible when he's singing the hey, phone you. number, but oh. you'll be able to hear it in its purest form. Mm, yes, and your eyes will bleed. <laughs> if anybody has ever wondered why we live 250 miles apart, it's because yeah, it's... Stephen and I would have slap fighted each other. Into oh, wait till we have to wait till we reach our funding goal and we all get to share the same building with one another. Yeah, yeah, sleepovers. Be lots of... <laughs> Zach's mom is going to bring cookies. <laughs> yeah. I hope she brings magic brownies because that's what I'm going to need. Uh, anyway, tweakedaudio.com. The prices range from $19.95 all the way up to $34.95. But guess what? If you use the checkout code MAJOR, when you check out over at tweakedaudio.com, you get 30% off the price. 
our friends, tweakedaudio.com. Hey, Zach, have you seen uh, American Pie? Yeah. Don't invite your mom to the sleep. Because <laughs> Matthew will totally try to sleep with her. That's yeah, gross. Try. <laughs> or you're, already, you're already insinuating that you might be my father in some weird way. I actually probably am not, but... Good. Now you? I'm finally glad you admitted that. We can How old are you? 12? Uh, I was No, I'm 8. Eight. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I I don't believe that I'm your literal father. I'm I'm your mm. fourth father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and by that I mean <laughs> I am the size of four fathers. Oh, so did you say you're my forefather? I think that means you're yes. old. No. <laughs> I mean, Just and by that I mean, I mean older than you are. And two years ago. Uh, <laughs> I'll have you know I'm the youngest man on this good, podcast. Good Lincoln, by the way. <laughs> All right, so this week... Uh, we are taking a look, an early, early look. I don't think this even comes out for another month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on the release. Uh, this is a just finished Kickstarter campaign from um, who's this? Jamal Eigel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly Danger, the tale of a seemingly immortal, super strong ten-year-old protecting the town of Coopersville, or she's a ten-year-old who's been protecting the town for the last twenty years. Hmm, what's up with she's- that, Rodrigo? Yeah, she's a she's a space alien. What? Who does not age? She wait. Who said that? The book. Everyone. That's not in the book. They never yeah, said she. They never explicitly stated that. They they yeah, say she's they a space did. alien. She's that a space age. alien that doesn't yeah. age. Okay, I must have missed that page. Did they? Yep. Yeah. I know they said she wasn't human. She yeah. yeah her her ship spaceship crashes crashed. on Earth like thirty years the, ago. She yeah. was in a coma for she ten years. She was in a coma years. for right. Her body chemistry changed mm-hmm. in the process, and now she is super strong, super tough, does not age, and super lonely. Oh, why is she oh. super lonely, Zach? Because those government people, such poopheads, they won't let her like meet her fans or really talk to anyone ever. Because, well, we don't really know why, but it seems like. It might be a tinge of keep the public safe from the super strong girl, but mm. also don't keep corrupt the super, the super strong. strong girl so she doesn't kill us all. I can see that. There's or, a couple. I mean, there's a couple. I ways. mean, certainly, if I had a teenager that was obedient to everything that I said, mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't want them interacting with other teenagers who are all rebels That's and true. like uh, Justin down Bieber with and, d- down yeah, with uh, and authority and all that stuff. Uh, but do you so? I mean, I, we don't, I mean, this. we really don't know why, right. except that they're worried that she's going to hurt somebody. Right. I mean, it's a, oh, right, I'm going right. to give you a super strong hug. No, I don't right. think that right. that's the case. Do you think, right. and it doesn't seem this way, but it seems like her mind is still yeah. not accelerating as fast. I mean, she doesn't act like a 10-year-old, but she just certainly doesn't act like a 30-year-old. Right, right. So yeah. her she mind seems like it's the... somewhere in there. Like still teenage range, but definitely not ten. I don't think. Well, I have a I have a nine year old in the house, and and Molly Danger's uh, actions and vocalizations are very similar to what I live with. Oh, are they on a daily basis? Yeah. Okay. The the I I'm almost a teenager, and I occasionally will say these things mm-hmm. where I sound like a teenager, but then I'll cry because you know I stubbed my toe or because you know something bad happened to Tough Puppy. So I mean. Definitely, for me anyway, I felt like the characterization was pretty much dead on that 9, 10, 11 preteen age character. Okay, cool. And over the years, she's starting to have some identity issues. She starts calling her main handler or the uh, person who runs uh, DART, the, uh, what is it, danger? Danger and response team. team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. She starts calling her mom, calling the head scientist dad or father. 
Um, right. So there's some issues there. She really doesn't know how to interact with people. Uh, all of the people that are around her are basically forbidden from talking with her unless she talks to them first. Uh, very strict protocols around this person. Uh, until we get introduced. Sure. Is the alien thing on page 20? The alien um, thing is explained in a museum. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. when it's like when our our okay. Main... There's one page that didn't load in my version of it, so that may be the page that I didn't actually get to read. Yeah, well, then you missed out the good part because here I we're did. introduced to um, this uh, police officer who's you know mm-hmm. kind of reckless, trying mm-hmm. to do anything helicopter. he wants, helicopter pilot, helicopter uh, ex-military, and all he wants to do is work for Dart. Well. He assists Molly in trying to take down one of the mechs that's attacking the against city. Against orders. Against orders. Against, so, uh, against both of their orders. He gets, uh, he gets uh, transferred over to Dart. He's super excited about that. And he and Molly start instantly having a connection with one another. And um, they become very pally and chummy. And uh, he basically fakes a, an attack so that he can uh, take her to a park. And then later takes it takes her to his home where his wife and his stepson are and really starts to introduce them to the family dynamic. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of sweet. And they develop kind of a neat little relationship uh, in this uh, first uh, first book. Um, but then we also have to, if you've got a superhero, you've got to have some super bad guys. Mm-hmm. And who do we have in our bad guy category, Matthew? Medulla and uh, little Cavey. And a whole bunch of goons, actually, for uh, who is the guy with the slipstream powers with uh, the slippery, slippery suit? Oh, he's got a he's got he's a like weird speeds. name. I don't know. Yeah. Slip or speed or something. Yeah. Some, yeah. There's some yeah. slip pun in there. Yeah. Basically, there are a series of quasi mechanic, super slick slip Scott, perhaps. Does that sound right? Kinda. Yes. Let's go with that. Slip Scott. And each of them seems to have some sort of quasi-mechanical ability, and it's not entirely sure where they got those, unless that's another page thing that happened in the page that I missed. Well, we well, are that's, kind, of kind of given that at the end, at the yeah, end. Yeah. where um, they're taking several of these guys off to jail, mm-hmm. and um, the transport truck gets hijacked by a little cavey, and then mm-hmm. we get to meet a very shadowy figure who's called Father, mm-hmm. and he's talking about how they will all be a family again, and then mm-hmm. the last panel is of the a very sleepy, tired Molly Danger. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, hmm, could they all, I mean, they talk about- They call them something like Mega, what is it? Mega Mega Mex, yeah. is it? Yeah. What's, Mecha, what's interesting yeah. is they talk about how um, Molly's family was killed in this uh, cr- uh, crash, mm-hmm. uh, but then a year later- all these other supervillains show up. Right. Yeah. The, I, I think that at the very least, um, father, like I, I saw that and I was like, the, the, the strong connection here and probably the obvious connection is that he's literally Molly's, Molly's father. Yeah, well. And she talks or, about or, how, or a member of her family. I believe she talked about right. how she missed her brother, her and, brother. and her, right. she says something about her dad also. Right. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she lost her, her mother, father, and brother. She right. right, right, right. And I, I like that reveal of little KB because when they're walking through the museum, they showed mm-hmm. like her like rogues yeah, gallery, right, right. And you see and him, but fact, they don't really mention. In fact, him. there's actually at least one other character yeah, on there, there that we don't yeah. see in the right. issue so, or in this volume. So we're likely yeah. to meet them as mm-hmm. well. Right, right. So, um, what'd you guys think of the story? I liked it. Um, there was a time around the turn of uh, last century at Image Comics when there were they were doing a lot of 
I don't know what you call it. I, I don't want to say weird stories, but unusual stories that were nonetheless based in sort of realistic, quote-unquote, superhero-type universes like Shock Rockets, like Astro City, a whole bunch of stuff that came out that felt familiar and it felt, you know, very much like the stuff that I grew up reading from Marvel and DC and, you know, Dark Horse and Eclipse, but also had an entirely new take on it. This feels like something familiar, comforting enough that if you just walk in and go, I've only read superhero comics, you can sit down with this and not be overwhelmed with, you know, naked people or whatever you would see. But also you have things Man, that... books are you reading? <laughs> I read a lot of comics. But you, you also are hit with a lot of new concepts or new takes on old concepts. And one of those villains, by the way, looks almost exactly like Grant Morrison. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, with big robot hands, but Grant Morrison nonetheless. So, you know, it, when I walked into this, I was like, okay, what am I getting into? I wasn't sure about the title. I was thinking, you know, maybe something like the Powerpuff Girls. And there's a little bit of that here, but it's definitely yeah. something something that doesn't feel like I've seen it half a dozen times. And I've read a lot of comics. Yeah, I guess for me, the thing that I was going for that felt um, like this was a take on an old tale was Astro Boy. Because yeah. it's just like, well, this yeah. feels very much like a girl version of Astro Boy. Actually, yeah, it actually does. Now that you mention it, this is really, really surprisingly like Astro Boy. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I was just like, well, I wonder if that's what they're going. I mean, if that's the direction that they would have gone, I would have been totally okay with, with mm-hmm, all of that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when you get to the, oh, she's an alien. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's see how that happens. And, and alien uh, Astro Boy. Yeah. Um, or maybe we're still not being given the whole truth. We never know. But, um, you know, I, I found the story interesting. I found the fact that here's a, a little girl who so desperately wants a family, gets a family, mm-hmm. just like that almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's probably a lot more at play than what's being let on in this first book. Mm-hmm. Clearly. I think that there are things that the people of Coopersville or Coppersville or wherever it is um, – mm-hmm are being misled by this whole tale of who Molly Danger is and her mm-hmm. backstory. Yeah. And at the same time, I think we as an audience are being misled by mm-hmm. what what and who Molly Danger really is. And so I kind of like that a mm-hmm. little bit. I mean, there's a little bit of a thrill going on with that. But even if there's none of that going on, it's just a tale of a, you know, a, a lonely little sad space girl who wants a family and she gets a family and she's fighting for family I'm I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. I think the book reads really well that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought there. I was uh, I was I, I also didn't know what to make of it at first. I was just like being I I was really looking for um or, or when I started reading it, it's like yeah, this is a book about a ten year old girl who fight giant robots, and I was like, there's got to be more to this. Mm-hmm. And fairly quickly, you see that there is. You know, there is a dark conspiracy in here somewhere, and there mm-hmm. is... Actually, a couple of them. Yeah. There are, you know, people are clearly lying to each other. People are clearly concealing secrets, and through the point of view of um, the pilot, whose name I've forgotten, um, you start to see that kind of, even just a little bit unravel. Really, the the most disappointing thing for me in this issue, or in this volume, is that um, I felt that we got through very few things. I actually kind of expected to 
get a little bit farther into the story because really this is just an introduction to the characters right yeah and and yeah. very little else but is there are some things that I'm really wondering about too because Austin the pilot right has the weird relationship with his stepson yeah. and his motivation for getting close to Molly feels it feels like there's there's something hidden there mm-hmm. there's a couple of moments where you know Molly seems to be up to something that I don't think even you know the commanders are aware of. Well, there's, there's a lot you know, of hooks in this. There's one panel yeah. in particular where she sneaks out of the what we assume she sneaks out at night to go visit mm-hmm. um, Austin's son, mm-hmm. uh, stepson, and right. all throughout the issue, we're told she can't fly, right? Right. And then yeah. when she's leaving his window, we see her feet parallel to the ground mm-hmm. as they're exiting frame, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's not looking down at the ground like she's jumping down. He's looking out and up like she's flying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I did that. Like, I saw that and I was like, is this just a confusing panel in which she's jumping off the window or mm-hmm. is this actual flight? I just assumed that it was a jump. Right. But see, and I, can, I, I, I looked can at see that, that and I thought she flew. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't necessarily. It, it. It's one of those things where I'm so used to. The super strong character also flying that it didn't right. even you didn't even think right. about it. <laughs> yeah, the Superman power set comes with strength and flight. Right. Yep. She needs she needs eye beams and we're flat out Kryptonian here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zach, what about you? I thought, I mean, like you guys, I thought the story was pretty good. Um, I like where we was. I like the uh, little girl main hero. I think it brings a different perspective to the world of superheroes and uh, punching giant mech monsters. I think that was cool. Uh, certain things that I thought the comic did well, uh, I loved the museum and telling the, getting the whole backstory into right. that way. I thought that was mm-hmm, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a really smart way yeah, of doing it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, th- I think that I like they did was like all the people at Dart seemed to people like like oh super cool superhero girl. Mm-hmm. I want to help her do awesome things. It's like all these people just like volunteer and sign mm-hmm. up to do this unbelievably dangerous thing. They flat out tell them you're probably going to die doing this. But I feel like that would totally happen. Yeah. If there was yeah. superheroes in America and you had a chance to like work with Batman or, or Superman, you got an opportunity to fly them in. I don't know why you fly Superman somewhere, but his cape's well, broken or something. You you work his cape is broken. <laughs> you know what? I was going to I was going to I was going to roll with it, but you know what, Zach, you win. You win this podcast. Um but there would totally be people signing up to help superheroes in un- ridiculously dangerous jobs. I think that was a great element they threw into this yeah. one. Right. Right. Yeah, that was really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Molly Danger really started, uh, got the idea back in 2001 and was originally supposed to be an animated TV series or that's how they were going to pitch it. And then it kind of just fell away and they said, well, let's do this as a comic book. Uh, and then it was several years later before Jamal Igel said, you know what, I'm finally going to do this as a as a comic book and uh, eventually launched a Kickstarter campaign, which was successful. He was looking to raise uh, $45,000, ended up raising $50,000, nice. uh, which was really good. So it's, uh, you know, it's being published, obviously. Um, and it will be uh, arriving in September, October of 2013. And I'm trying to, I mean... Overall, what you think? I mean, let's talk about the art real quick. Mm-hmm. What you guys think art, of the art? Art's awesome. I there 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 are problems when it comes to drawing children, 
that look like children in standard comic books. A lot of times you get either something that looks like a scale model adult with a great big head, not mentioning mm -hmm. any names, called John Byrne. Or you get a character who looks so tiny as to be ridiculous, regardless of how old they are, because we're really pushing the fact that they're, they're a kid, so they're smaller. Mm -hmm. I like the, the realization of Molly as a character approximately the right size and age that you know she's supposed to be physically 10. It works for me. I like the general design of it being more... Star Trekky, more kind of a, a sci-fi edge right, rather right. than you know a flat-out superhero type story. I think uh, expression-wise, facially, it's excellent. I Sorry, enjoy. I enjoy the art. The two problems that I had um, was one page where Austin, the pilot, comes home to tell his wife that he got accepted in the Dart. The composition of that page and where the, the paneling layout made it unbelievably difficult for me to read. I don't know if anyone else had a problem with it, but the, the structure of the dialogue didn't flow weird. I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to be reading in what order. Hmm. And so eventually I just read them all and figured out somewhat order. They should have kind of been in to figure out how he was telling her that he got up to dirt and how that's awesome for their family. Mm -hmm. That was, and then there was a couple of issues up, down, right to left. Right. But that one is, weird because there's a giant panel in the middle and I right. can't figure out where it fit in with the dialogue. It's the fourth panel of the page. Is so it? it goes, you read the top. I'll go back and read it again. Right, and then you read the left and then you see the balloon trailing down into the next panel. Okay. That's leading you down there and then you have to, you, it, it can be confusing but you have to then pop back up then across and then down. Alright. So you read up, down and then right, left. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. Math is hard. Yes. Uh, besides that, there's just like some weird motion blur stuff. Like, I'm going to sell you, sell you some Starenko comics and let you get confused about panel. Because holy crap. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, character design-wise, especially design-wise, I love the design of the villains. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I did like the art in this book. I didn't think it was making a kid overly kid-looking. Mm -hmm. You know how they sometimes do that with kids? They just make right, them right, just way too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant eyes and a big head and... And rockets coming out of the bottom of her feet. Right. And, yeah. Uh, but I did like no I did wrists. like the art. No wrists, yes. And that <laughs> Nobody weird has thing. Um, what about you, Rodrigo? You like the art? I did like the art. And I, I uh, like Zach said, I really enjoyed the, the design of the bad guys. And uh, um, I think uh, what, what Matthew was talking about, the... Um, the design of the costumes mm -hmm. that um, Dart wears. Although, honestly, I kind of... I got a little bit hung up on the women's costumes because they have, like... It's like... Oh, their jumpsuit kind of thing? Yeah, their yeah. jumpsuits. And they it have looks these, like they like, have the thong. Yeah, they have, like... It, it's the like over the Yeah, thong. it's like... It kind of looks like the it's like they're wearing this like ribbed thing underneath and then they have a bathing suit on top of it yeah, yeah, yeah. is mm -hmm. it's kind of what it looks like except one of them's wearing pants and one of them's wearing a skirt mm -hmm. and right. i think that just looks so weird because it's like they have the jumpsuit it, it looks like they have the jumpsuit underneath but because mm -hmm. the jumpsuit starts at their hips and it has those right. like weird ridges it just like really draws attention <laughs> to their hips and i was looking at that and i was like this looks weird but i love like i love like molly's like uh like jacket 
Like oh, I, I actually really love yeah. Molly's jacket. I was just like, that is a cool jacket. <laughs> I wish I had that jacket. Um, <laughs> Let's say jacket. Yeah, jacket. Um, and then <laughs> um, I love the uh, Molly mobile and yeah, like that's a the, really cool the shape of the building, the Molly dome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yeah. there's a lot of cool ideas mm-hmm. here. Welcome and they're ex- to the Molly dome. And they're expressed really well art wise. Yeah, I really yeah. like that as well. Do you have your um? Uh, your thing open there, Rodrigo? My Molly Danger. Your Molly Danger. Not, your, not your, the book, but the uh, script, the rundown. Uh, one second. Okay. So what the plan is, and now you can go over to Amazon.com and you can order this now. Uh, you can get a hardcover through this. Uh, you can use the link over at Majorspoilers.com. You can go through your comic book site. Uh, the people who, who supported the Kickstarter campaign um, get a, a limited edition copy of this. And all their names are written in the back and that's really cool. I had thought that this was one of the Kickstarter projects that I funded, but mm-hmm. I guess I didn't. I end up some of them I'll fund and some of them come my way now like, oh, I'll get to it later and then I'll all forget right. about." This is one that I wish I would have funded. Uh but you can go and get the get the graphic novel. The cool thing is uh Jamal Eagle is going to take any um additional monies made from this project and he's going to be working on book 2 and the the Great. um books are scheduled to release biannually, so twice a year. We should get Molly Danger books. So that would mean nice. if we get this in September, October, we're going to get the next one, hopefully, in the spring, March, March April. April. Yeah. Nice. So that's kind of what he's doing with the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, a lot of really cool things. Too bad you still can't contribute to the Kickstarter because they had a lot of good incentive projects going on. But uh, overall, uh, I really enjoyed this, and I'm glad to see some Kickstarter projects uh, succeed. Now, a lot of people send us Kickstarter requests all the day, all the time. Can you tell? Can you post this Kickstarter thing up on your page and all this stuff? And you know, to be honest, we receive so many of them that the only ones that I really want to share are ones that I believe in or ones that we know the people personally, like Jason right. and what he's doing with the uh, Squatch Watch uh, stuff. Right. Um, so we appreciate people letting us know about stuff. That's always mm-hmm. great. If you want to go over and, to the major spoilers and, forum and, and you promote your stuff over there, and, that's and great. We're not, and we're not saying don't send it to us. No, 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 no. We're saying no, no, no. there's no guarantee that they'll end up on the site, but they might. Right. But I mean, literally, I get about five a day. Right. And the site would be just a Kickstarter site. Right. If if that were the case, people would be searching for stuff Why and having a tough time. Yeah. So, um, you know, go over to Kickstarter and look around and, and see what's over there. There's a lot of cool stuff. If you're a fan of special effects, uh, Cinefix, the magazine, which has been going on for forever and is like the yeah. tome to read. Mm-hmm. They've got a Kickstarter campaign going on. There's a lot of really good stuff that's going on out there. Uh, but just go over to Kickstarter and, and kick around or go to, over to Indiegogo. And uh, see what's going on over there. Or there's another one. Fund anything is another one mm-hmm. that people should check out. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of time to search for stuff, but I'm sure you will find some really good things over at those sites and good projects that are worth funding. Not necessarily comic books or movies or those kinds of things, but uh, other stuff as well. So, uh, so go and check those out. Have you done any Kickstarter stuff, Rodrigo? I think I might have funded um, some gaming stuff. Oh, yeah, I just did a gaming thing this week. So mm-hmm. what about you, Zach? You do some Kickstarter, Indiegogo's? Yeah, I've done some Kickstarter, some band stuff, um, a light reader, a, oh, yeah, yeah. some games, and good Take stuff. Did you get an update today on I that? I did. Yeah. yeah. Matthew, what about you? Do you fund anything through Kickstarter or Indiegogo or anything like that? I have never been to either of those sites. So. Oh, really? You should oh, go check yeah. them out. There's some really good projects that are that people are trying to get funding for. So it's, it's really something Every cool. Every time I go to the internet somewhere that isn't major spoilers... That just means I'll be spending hours over there, and I don't have hours like the rest of the people who work here. Ooh, I just yeah. got a, I just got one of my Kickstarter backings for uh, nice um, God hates astronauts. Oh yeah, yeah webcomic. Really, yeah, yeah, Ryan Brown. Nice. I got the nice big uh, hardcover 
mm-hmm. with a nice signed print by uh, Paola Rivera. Cool. Yeah. I uh, I just also recently funded Adam Carolla's uh, Road Hard movie. Oh, nice. So that'll be cool to see what happens. But uh, will there be Mangria? Uh, I certainly have many bottles in the uh, in the wine cooler cooling. So uh, yes, there is I Mangria. I don't and, have. And any there's also some Runum, which Runum. I'm interested to. Careful. Uh, you know, the Romans <laughs> drank that before the fall. So yeah, I don't know careful. what that is. Every civilization drank Every that civilization. before the fall. You should look it up, Matthew. It's really a really disturbing it's history. It's dangerous. Really. It's yeah. a dangerous drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, bottom line for Molly Danger. Rodrigo? I enjoyed it. I'm curious to see what happens next. Okay. Zach? Agreed. Uh, worth reading, definitely. Very excited. I hope uh, that... He makes enough money from all the Kickstarter and the profits from this book to keep on making them because definitely want to see where it goes. Yeah, I agree. I think people should go and check this out. Um, in fact, why don't we jump into an email? We actually got a comment in this week um, from one of our uh, one of our members uh, who wanted to share some thoughts about Molly Danger. Let's see. Greetings, mighty major, mighty spoiler masters. Well, I just finished. Me. Yes, I'm the master. Yes. Uh, excuse me. I. <laughs> I am the master. I am the master. Now I am the master. You are number one. Stop it. Stop it right now. You do not pervert the... Never mind. I just finished reading Molly Danger, and when I heard it was your next subject, I felt like sharing my opinions. I might be a bit biased seeing how I was a contributor to the Kickstarter, but I really dug Molly Danger. Molly herself struck me as a very interesting character. I'm curious why her handlers are so determined to keep her sheltered, Either they're afraid she'll slack off that she'll slack off or that she might move on from what seems to be a crazy case of arrested development. There's a not note of melancholy to Molly, and thus the book, and I found that I found intriguing. Jamal Eagle seems to be building a very specific world, and the cliffhanger with father has me excited to learn more. The art is gorgeous with everything feeling grounded and real, but never shifting into lifelessness. I really can't recommend it enough, but it's one of those cases where I'm afraid my compliments would get repetitive. While I'm at it, I should point out that I should point you to episode 163 of War Rocket Ajax, where Eagle talks about how he originally developed Molly Danger as a cartoon property. So here's a question. Do you think Molly Danger as a story exists now would work in animation? I don't mean to uh, shill a rival podcast, but it's an interesting resource that made me wonder about just that. Personally, I'm not sure it could work except maybe as a movie. Keep up the good work, and please let me know when Zach will be watching the 1960s original of the producers. Sincerely, Mela. Sent from my iPad. <laughs> P.S. I'm calling I'm calling it that father is Molly's brother. Oh, I was oh. going to say father is Molly's father. That's what I was going to say. I think say. father is Molly's brother. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, the brother gets mentioned a lot more. Uh, I don't have a problem with War, Rock, War, War Rocket Ajax. In fact, when they were going through their problems, I offered to have them come over to uh, to Major Spoilers as mm-hmm. part of the podcast network. But turns out Comics Alliance survived, and they're still doing their thing over there. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray for Comics Alliance. <laughs> no, Comics Alliance is great, so is War Rocket Ajax and everything that those guys do. Um, producers, it's uh, a while. But we'll let you know. I fell on my keys. So, yeah, I mean, there's somebody who's a Kickstarter who was a Kickstarter uh, um, donor. I actually went and, through the back page to find her name. Yeah. And uh, it's there. And uh, it's really cool when people can contribute. And it's great that, that people get out there and do that. I'm glad she enjoyed the book a lot. I, I know I did. And I got it for free. So, <laughs> um, 
Let's see. Matthew. Oh, Hello. so the question is. Question. Um, would this work as an animated TV show or in animation? And I think it could. Yes. I mean, Ben, I, 10, ben 10 works really mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no more complicated than the Venture Brothers, which, granted, has taken a while to ramp up, but has, you know, taken similar concepts, you know, balancing something childlike and something ludicrous and something way adult and horrifying all at once. Actually, they, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, n- now that you've pointed out the similarities to Astro Boy, I would imagine that it would work as a TV show, as a cartoon, but only for a while, since there was a show a while back called Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, which, I love that. Which was a show about a kid who had superpowers. I mean, he it was basically an American Astro Boy kind of... Um, yeah. I w- I don't want to say remake, but like it was clear, clearly an homage at least. Mm. Yeah, inspired um, by. Yeah, very inspired by Astro Boy, and had a lot of the same themes of loneliness, of a shadow organization, uh, of machines working behind mm-hmm. the scenes, and things like that. So it probably would, although I don't think that Rusty, the uh, big guy, and Rusty lasted very long. I can't. No. I don't think they went for more. It than did two like seasons. a season. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is being published by Action Lab Comics, also Action Lab Entertainment, also known as, so you can go look them up from that. Really excited about this, and um, yeah, I think that could, it could work as an animated series for at least a season, but um, I, like I said, with Ben 10, as successful as, that, as that's been, you could do the same thing here now. We don't know about a Monster <laughs> of the Week type situation, what's going mm-hmm. on with the Molly Danger. If they're going to make a series of it, they'd almost have to go that direction. Right. Yeah. As successful as that's been? Yeah, Monster of the Week's always a successful uh, plot device. Been ten? No, they do it more than ten times. <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, listeners, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word and sharing uh, sharing uh, good things about major spoilers to all your friends, your forums, your emails, your moms, your dads, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, uncles, cute girl on the bus, the guy sitting there looking uh, like he really needs to read a comic. Give them some major spoilers in their life and make it a little better. I uh, I thought I had what we were reading next week, but I all I see is three X's. So. Uh-oh. I don't know. What oh, that we're means. reading Triple X. Oh. But we'll ha- have uh, we'll definitely have something interesting to read. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash major spoilers. Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Major spoiler, what a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya.
surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set throwing soldier. Spoilers is copyright 2013.